Today we're celebrating the 25th episode of the Sky Society podcast and we're doing it with none other than Toby Belay. I'm giving her an extra special introduction today so you can really understand and appreciate who you are about to learn from. So Toby is currently based in LA as the senior campaign manager in fashion and lifestyle at Disney. She's also the creative director for the artist TG Beam. Toby is also a 2022 TEDx San Diego speaker, a published teen fiction novelist of the Stunners, co-host of the pop culture podcast, The Weekly Vacay, and the editor behind Girl with the Purple Gucci's. Toby also spent almost four years at Adidas as a brand manager, and I am thrilled for you to be able to learn from her today, and I hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for celebrating 25 episodes with us. Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. We are back with another episode of the Sky Society podcast, and today I will be chatting with Toby Belay. She's currently working at Disney, among a million other things, so I am excited to dive into all of that. So welcome, Toby. Oh, thanks for having me, Natalie. Of course. And so your career journey, you've done so much from Adidas to, again, to Disney and to being a TED speaker. And But I want to start with the first line on your LinkedIn profile, because I thought it was so unique. The first thing you say is that you want to inspire the youth through pop culture. Such a simple mission statement. Can you tell me what that means to you? For sure. Basically, as you can tell from my background, I've been interested in so many things throughout my career. But at the end of the day, everything tied back to pop culture. So it was actually my TEDx coach, Carrie Lynn, who was phenomenal. A few weeks after my TEDx talk, when we were trying to like gear up for what could happen after it does get dropped, especially now since it is getting booted up to TED, we were trying to help myself figure out okay what is the one line that people can refer to that is Toby and we were able to boil it down to inspiring the youth through pop culture because two big things for me are making sure that when I come up I'm able to provide opportunities for people um, like me and different from me who didn't have that person to pave the way for them just to ensure that everyone has the opportunity to really pursue a career in this field if they're super passionate about it and at the same time I want to do this in pop culture because that's what I'm passionate about and whether it's tv film music fashion all these different aspects I've had such an impact on me and my creativity and the way that I grew up and my interests. And so I want to make sure that I'm able to tell stories in this arena and also help people within this arena tell their own stories for a diverse audience so that we can really make sure that we see ourselves reflected in this pop culture sphere and can all make our own mark on it. That's beautiful. And for keeping with this theme of being building this brand for yourself, how did you come to the realization that was your one-liner? Because I think for so many of us, especially for you, you're doing so many different things. Like what questions are you asking or how can you think, how can we practice and figure out that one specific thing that can encompass what our passion or purpose is? All of answering how we were able to narrow down mine with Carrie, my coach, and basically the two main things were, okay, who am I doing this for? 
and that was identified as the youth so it could youth so it could encompass yeah. like a wide array of just basically people who are growing up and then what am I interested in and where do I want to make my mark and that's pop culture so once we had those two things defined then it was clear okay what I want to do is inspire the youth because that allows me the groundwork to do that inspiration in different ways so I would say for other women and people who are interested in really narrowing down that mission statement because I think it is important as you said to make yourself stand out and also make your brand as who you are super personal to you is to really think about those two aspects and keep it really simple like at the end of the day who are you doing this for outside of yourself and where do you want to do it those are two, I love those questions, nice and simple. And yours was one line. And I think it's so great when people can just can say what they do in one simple line. I was talking to a friend the other day and we're saying, it's the worst thing when you ask someone what they do and they go on and they talk for five minutes. And at the end of it, you're like, I still don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've all been there. It's super hard, especially for people who have a bunch of different interests, like inside and outside of work. Yes, it's super difficult. Okay, speaking of work, I want to get into your current job right now. So you're currently based in LA and you are the senior campaign manager for fashion and lifestyle at the Walt Disney Company. What an incredible job. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I actually started at Disney in April. Dream come true, as you can imagine, for someone who has been like a diehard for all pop <laughs> culture growing up, like it was my dream to be on Disney Channel. So now working for Disney is kind of jokes. But basically, my role is essentially a combination of everything I've done throughout my career thus far. I am like the global senior campaign manager within the consumer products, gaming and publishing division. So basically, the team that makes all of the commercial products from like entry level to high luxury, like a Givenchy or a Gucci and brings them to the consumer, like in a global way. So my responsibility then is to lead the teams who are bringing together the campaign. So the marketing and advertising around these, as well as the storytelling from a global perspective. So that's digital, that's events, and that's also the more classic campaigns like fashion shoots, videos, animations, etc. So getting to do that at Disney, a company this large is such a huge blessing because there's so many resources and both creatively and then professionally that you can really take advantage of. And that added layer that has come with this job is getting to work with the Walt Disney Animation Studios because a lot of these partners that we bring on, especially in my job in the luxury space, a lot of these creatives are so inspired by Disney and grew up on it. A lot of us did. And so they're fangirling over the fact that they get to work with Disney and that they get to reimagine some of these different characters that we all grew up watching like over decades and bring them into their own brand. So a lot of the times the way that we do that is through working with the Walt Disney Animation Studios and making like bespoke animated content. And that's been a really great experience because it's super hands-on for me. I'm working hand in hand with some of the most like iconic animators of all time and the executive producers who work across all the different studios at Disney to come up with a story with these partners that we work with that'll really bring the product and the lines that they do with Disney to life in a really exciting way. So that's been cool. And then also, it's a really big year for Disney next year. You'll see it all over the news in the coming year. But because of that big milestone that's ahead, there's huge marketing opportunities in line, especially in my space in the pop culture phase. So I was brought on at a really business 
critical time because it's time to really start planning how we want to bring that milestone to life. And so next year is going to be a busy one, but a really exciting one in terms of the different projects that I work on. But yeah, that was a really long way to explain <laughs> what I do. But in the grand scheme of things, it's managing um, the creative and personnel that are managing, that are bringing our campaigns to life. So that's like people management, also partner relationship management, doing creative direction and art direction, and also a bit of producing, to be honest. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, what such a cool job and even you're telling me what you get to do and I'm getting like chills on my body just because (laughs) I can only imagine what it's like I I know maybe you can't say what partners you're working with but getting to work with incredible people with the partnerships but also with the animation team at Disney and just the people that brought maybe the shows or the things that we just consume and just how what yeah what a cool space to be in Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's fun. And just like any job, it comes with the complexities and the pressure. But it's nice when you step away and you realize, oh, wait, this is what I'm doing. Like 12 year old me would be freaking out right now. And it helps bring that like extra level of love to what I do. Yes. Yeah. Stepping outside sometimes. I like to remind myself that too, when especially because we always want new things, but then you take a step back and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, Natalie three years ago saw what I was doing now, she would be blown away. And so getting that perspective sometimes is really important. Exactly. Perspective is everything. (laughs) Okay. So your job at Disney is incredible, but you didn't just get it. You had to work really hard before you were able to take on a position like that. And so before Disney, you were at Adidas for almost four years as a brand manager you got to work on more really cool products and collaborations, most notably Ivy Park. Did you ever get to meet Beyonce? Can I ask? Yeah, we might not get that in depth with it, but my team worked really closely <laughs> with her team Parkwood and our upper leadership definitely had a much closer relationship with her. I never got to meet her because I was there for a short period of time, but the time that I was there, I just had to ask, okay? <laughs> no, don't worry. I definitely get that question a lot. That's definitely what's on the top of everyone's mind when they see Ivy Park yes yes okay yeah so you were at Adidas then you were there for you were there for quite a while and a lot of women who are interested in marketing are also very interested in working in fashion but it's such a difficult space to get into uh can you share any advice for someone who wants to get into fashion but they're just struggling to get their foot in the door Mm -hmm. I would say to really nail down what area in fashion you want to work in, because I think there's a really common misconception that you had to go to FITM or NYU or SCAD or what like or CSM, like the Harvard of fashion (laughs) schools. But you don't need to go to one of those schools to work in the industry. You don't need to study fashion either. If you are a numbers person and you love crunching numbers in Excel, look for a finance job at one of these major fashion or retail companies to get your foot in the door. And I think something that's really good about a lot of these big retail companies and also some of the luxury ones as well is once you're in, because they are fast, once you like make a good impression and your foot's in the door, there is a lot of room for mobility around and not just upwards, but like into different departments because you work so closely with a lot of them, especially the smaller especially the smaller you go, even within a big company. So having those relationships, understanding what are the roles around the ones that you work in within that fashion company that you're at will really help you determine, A, if you want to stay in the industry 
and B, what other areas you could work in that are a bit closer to what you want to do. But I would say to very much just make it a priority, but that's more so if you want to get into the business side of fashion. If you are interested in taking the more creative route, doing design, colors and materials, apparel, footwear, et cetera, then you definitely do need that um, fashion school background and I would say to just take it really seriously if you come from a school where there's a big focus on the more like liberal arts academics and like focusing on getting into business careers don't let that phase you just make sure that you're in an environment where you're able to get the skills that you need like one of my good friends who I went to the University of Chicago with we were the same year he actually left our second year and dropped out of Chicago and moved to London to go to school at CSM because he knew I want to be a fashion designer. I need to get the credentials I need to do it rather than staying here. And it's, I really think you just have to go, oh, what's a good, I guess like full throttle into whatever you want to do because time isn't really going to wait for anyone. I get that we do have a lot of time and some people will work for a really long time in their life. So there, it, it isn't do or die, but don't put it off. Yeah. If you want it and you know that you want it, do everything you possibly can to get it. Exactly. Because also in fashion, people really value and also just in entertainment in general. I see it now working at Disney too. Like people really value the people who have paid their dues and not like in a hazing type way, but in a way that it's like they've been there since they were junior and they've put in the work to show like, I really want to be here. And I think that's something that's good because A lot of times when you're in college, I know this was true for me. Like I had a lot of people around me who were like, I don't really want to go into marketing entertainment. Just going into finance or tech would be way more lucrative. I'll find my way back later. And now we're five years out of school and some of these people are finding it a bit more difficult to then make their way because it's, I've been here for so long. I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z. Is there space for me? Whereas like the people who did start out right from undergrad and have now worked their way up, there's so much more opportunity within their company that they're at. And then also within the industry that make it a lot easier. That's why I'm so thankful for this time that I did spend at Adidas. It definitely helped me get here. And it's nice because I am like making my way back more so into classic entertainment through this role that is very hybrid. But yeah, I truly think that had I not had all those other experiences and really spent the time I'm not a master of my craft, but we can say continuing to try and master my crafts. I wouldn't be where I am. I love that you say that, especially I hear that all the time of people saying, I know I want to work here, but I'm going to do this and then I'll get back there. And a lot of times I hear it most specifically with marketing where it's, yeah. I'm just going to do, I can't get on marketing. I'll do something else. And then whatever, then I'll get, ex- whatever, then I'll go back to do it later. And they never do. Exactly. I remember at my last company, or even there's the people that always say that they're going to quit and leave. And then years later, they're still there. They've never quit. They've never done it. And acting on that inspiration of like, when you feel that way, making that change and doing it now, because we just get really comfortable sometimes. And it's really hard to move out of that. Exactly. And once you're comfortable, it's very hard to convince yourself to move out. It's a big push. Yes. Okay. We're going to switch into your outside nine to five. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about how you through that, those two, and I think those two experiences make up the majority of your career. I know you have some other ones, but through your nine to five jobs, what were the steps you were taking to cultivate your personal? I would say I was fortunate that the spaces that I were working in also were really similar to the spaces that I lived in outside of work. And I would say also when you work in a creative industry, 
you have a really big creative community that's honestly irreplaceable and being around other people who are inspired to do things outside of nine to five also then lights that fire under you to want to do the same. So I think having a lot of accountability partners around me, like reminding me that it's, oh, you're so much more being a PM brand manager, all those things are amazing, but it's like, oh, you're so much more than Adidas and you're so much more than this and that. And we were all speaking to each other this way, just to make sure that it's, you don't lose that creativity and that passion, that brought you to that nine to five anyways. So working for all these companies is amazing because you learn all of the tools and skills to make a company like that successful to the point where you can, you shouldn't undermine what you can do then in your own personal life because you have such an immense skill set that can be applied to anything else you want to do. So for me, and along this whole line of inspiring the youth through pop culture, I've been a writer since I was a kid. I published a book when I was 16. Writing has always been a major part for me. And knowing that I wanted to keep that up, but knowing, hey, realistically, I'm going to college and then I'm doing internships. I'm going into the job force. I'm not going to have time to crank out novels the way that I was when my only responsibility was like school and cheerleading. I made sure that writing was a part of my personal brand, but also tied into this pop culture space. I started in Girl with Purple Gucci's, which was my lifestyle website that I started right before I went to college. And I kept that up by evolving it as the years went by. It started off as like a music and TV blog. And then I started to interview people. I started to do shoots with my friends that I met in college who were also into photography and different things like that. I let it expand and it turned into a portfolio, not only for myself, but these interests within the pop culture space that also served as a portfolio for me getting into the industry. It's what helped me get my first internship at Sony Music Entertainment. It's one of the first things that people said when I started at Adidas as an intern going into my senior year of school so it just really showed me like because my personal brand was so strong outside of work as an 18 year old it helped get my foot into the door in terms of the industry it helped me stay there because it was clear this is who Toby is like she lives eats breeds pop culture she can translate that into being an entertainment journalist at Bustle or into working at Nickelodeon into being at Adidas Disney etc so it just became almost like a personality trait for me, which I think is good, but I would only encourage if whatever area you want to work in with marketing is truly like what you're super, super passionate about outside of work. If not, I am a firm believer in separation of like church and state when it comes <laughs> to work in your personal life. But because this is something that like has just been a huge part of me my whole life, I was comfortable with the fact that my my personal brand kind of bled into my professional brand because I don't think the two would have been able to exist without one another for wow. myself. I actually really love that they bled so seamlessly because I think we're used to the, it's like, okay, I do the nine to five at doing whatever. And then I finally get to do what I love, which is something completely different. And it's this like very segmented experience. And yeah. so I think it maybe even for you, it creates less like cognitive dissonance. You feel maybe more aligned with your life because they, you are, you get to be you both in both settings. You get to be completely you at work and you get to be completely yourself on the things you do outside of work. Exactly. And I, even when I was saying that, because I wanted to make the answer super streamlined, I did, I left out two major parts, like 
the podcast that me and two of my best friends from high school, Jasmine, my PR director, and our other friend, Sophie, the three of us started this podcast right before I moved to Germany because we had this joint love for pop culture. And we're like, okay, it's all a part of our own um, personal brands. Let's do something now together to even continue to vouch for that. Now we've been doing it since 2018. So we have quite a few years. (laughs) And then at the same time, I knew that I wanted to be able to tell these stories in a way that was going to stretch beyond the audience that I had already cultivated. So TEDx was a major goal of mine. And then that ended up working out. Yeah, it's even though like public speaking, writing, podcasting, they're all kind of individual things. They all very much tie into this overall personal brand of this inspiring the youth through pop culture. Beautiful. And yeah, and that's what I think is so unique about who you are. And even before this episode, looking at your website, everything you've built for yourself, it all makes sense. Like everything you've done. And you've mentioned all of those, you've lightly dropped those very large accomplishments. <laughs> um, but you published a teen fiction novelist. You co-host the pop culture podcast, The Weekly Vacay. Also yes. such a cute name. <laughs> Thank you. You're the creative director for a rising multi-hyphenate artist. TG Beam, is that oh my gosh, yeah. the editor behind Girl with the Purple Gucci's TEDx speaker? Like you are doing so many things. And <laughs> so my next question is how, like, how are you doing all of those things and where are you like prioritizing? And yeah, how, tell me how all that happens. It's <laughs> funny that you say that. Cause as you were doing that list, I felt myself progressively getting more and more tired. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, yeah, I guess hearing it, it sounds like pretty ridiculous, but there has been time for everything. I think what's important to note is, yeah, these are amazing accomplishments, but they also didn't all happen at the same time. And I almost dwindled them into my life and prioritized in terms of like, not what is more important, but what is more crucial for the time and also prioritizing my own health and well-being overall. So for example, when it comes to Girl with Purple Gucci's, when I first started out after high school, I was updating it every week. But then when I was about to start at college, I knew that's not going to be realistic anymore. Let's switch to monthly. And then once I started doing internships and classes and things started to pick up in social life, I'm like, all right, once a quarter, and I'm going to make sure that four times a year, I have a great new updated site and something great for all of my readers to have and because those were achievable goals I was that's been the reason why I've been able to sustain Uh, that and then I use that same method for everything that I did for example for if I get like a book idea or I want to screenwrite something I'll write the synopsis right when I have it and then I'm like hey I'm gonna let this sit everything that I need to bring the story to life is here until I'm at a time where I have the time to write every weekend or every month in a way that's going to allow me to make the story the best that I can. I'm not going to do anything, but I know that I have that story baked and it's ready. When it comes to TG Beam, who is also my younger brother. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah. Cool! Thank you. And he's very much a multi-hyphen himself. Like he works in tech and is also like rapper producer. Just oh my gosh! Everything. Wow. (laughs) Just to hype him up a little bit here as well. But for him, 
I let him define where he needs me. When he first started out, when he was in high school and I was in college, I very much wanted to be super hands-on, like manager responsibilities. But then as his own network started to grow and we started to realize the skills of all of his different friends, both personally and professionally, who could make things happen, I then settled into my role where, hey, I'm best when I'm working with someone and helping them bring their creative vision to life. I'm going to do that for you. So it's like when he has a new single, when he wants to put together an album, when he wants to decide whether or not something should be a single or whether it should be shelved for later, different decisions like that. That's when I come in, but I allow him to define that so that we're not stepping on each other's toes. And it's also something realistic, but for me to also still be a part of that journey for him. When it comes to the weekly vacates, similar to the website, when we first started out, we started out hot. We were recording every <laughs> single week. We're like, yes. Then I believe Jasmine and Sophie, are finishing their studies. I was about to move to Germany where, okay, realistically, we're not going to be able to keep this up, time zones and everything. So we switched to once a month. And that's something that we've been able to sustain for years. And of course, there's times when we want to record more episodes, we want to do more things to bring up our engagement, but we're so aware of our, of our individual needs and what is going on with the rest of our lives. That is, if we know we want to keep this thing going, then we know what we can commit to. And Having those boundaries in place then allows me to juggle everything that I'm doing and same for them and also leave space for everything else in your life, which is super important. You mentioned two things I just want to go over because the way that you do that is very smart. So you mentioned one is that first you give yourself permission to not always be performing at the same level. Like you are in tune with where, like how you're feeling, what you can handle, and you're not like what we what most of us do is we will either lie to ourselves or we will push through it because we feel like we have to hit these goals consistently. So one is you're giving yourself permission to say, I can't handle all of this and that's okay. And then the second thing that you do is you have specific goals that you still hit. So instead of saying, I can't publish as much on Girl with Purple Coochies, I'll just do it less. You're like, I'm going to do it once a quarter. So you set a specific goal, which I think helps you to feel like, then that way you feel like, okay, I hit my goal. I don't need to feel guilty, but also you're still being consistent with everything. So even though you're not doing it at the same pace or momentum, you're being consistent, which is so smart. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that's key. It's like the first step is defining, okay, I need to do this less or more. And the second part mm -hmm. is defining, okay, like actually giving a quantitative yes. value to it. Yes, that's such a good, I'm going to take that to take away from me. Okay, I want to get into your TEDx. So you, again, mentioned that very briefly, but congratulations on that. First of all, it just got promoted to TED, official Thank TED. You. So that yes. is amazing. Congratulations. Thanks so much. And you, I saw on your website, you had mentioned that you spent six months preparing for that speech. Can you tell me a little bit about the preparation that went into that? For sure. And those six months were also not because of Ted, but because of everything else happening in my life, the worst months of my entire <laughs> life. So it's no. funny because it comes against everything that I said, because when I applied, I was super busy. My mental health was in a rut. I was just not in a healthy place at all. But then at that moment, I just felt like God telling me, he's like, okay, there's never going to be a perfect time. And so like, I literally just felt called to apply. And then it turns out that the timing couldn't have been more perfect because during those six months at the very top of it, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes after having like a mental break 
breakdown that resulted in like a physical breakdown of my immune system. Oh my God, um, I'm so sorry. It, wow. Yeah, so it was really rough because I lived like 25 years without it and then suddenly had a life-changing diagnosis that on paper I was supposed to have for the rest of my life. I had just moved from Germany back to the US. I was in LA, a city that I've dreamed of living in, but it's like things were really rough for me and also like going from have, being surrounded by so many of like my loved ones in this community that I've cultivated in Germany to this city where I was starting essentially afresh. Like I did have friends and things here, but it's like not to the level of what I, had taken me years to grow there, obviously. But at the time, my brain was just like spiraling because I had just had so much going on. And then my TEDx coach, Carrie, who I mentioned at the top of this, was actually a licensed therapist for like 10 years. So it turned out. Oh my that, gosh, wow. <laughs> so it turned out that everything was just exactly perfect because the, those six months of preparation were also extremely therapeutic for me because when I applied, I, as I mentioned, I'm super into pop culture and I love reality TV. I wanted to speak about the impact that of the way that Black women are portrayed on reality TV has an impact on the way that people view them in real life. And then when I came with that idea, they were like, not necessarily right for this stage, but there's something in you. So they, I signed the contract, they brought me in, they assigned me Carrie, my professional coach, and we got to work. And what happened was they retroactively got me to my idea because they asked me, why do you want to speak why are you so passionate about Black women? Why are you so passionate about the way they're portrayed on TV? And then it all brought out the whole youth aspect, pop culture, getting the opportunity to tell our stories in the right way. And then obviously at the root of that was like, what is your story? And why are you so passionate about X, Y, and Z of this random person that you've never met being portrayed? It's because some of those elements are also being misportrayed in you. And the major one was this whole idea of strength, especially at a time where I was my weakest, both mentally, physically, spiritually, like anything you can think of. And what triggered this whole idea of focusing on strength was my coach asking me, why are you, why do you feel so triggered and emotional when people call you strong? And I realized it's because that's the first thing people would say to me when I would tell them something bad had really happened. And this type one diabetes diagnosis was probably the most major personal thing that had happened to me. But because all of the people around me were so used to seeing me just bounce back from everything so quickly, their first response was, oh, you're so strong, you're gonna get through it. And I was like, how could you say this when I'm literally at my weakest point ever? And when we started to unpack that, it's A, because of that whole putting up a front and then B, also thinking that I had to be that way if I was going to achieve things in my life. So reframing how I thought about strength and also pulling examples from how other women, Black or not, like in the world have also put themselves in this scenario and helped frame this whole idea of rebranding strength to really be about having the courage to choose yourself. And it's funny because as we were crafting that talk, I was also trying to replicate that in my own life. And I started to assess, okay, what next do I want for my career? What next do I want for myself personally that's going to allow me to live like a healthy life, knowing that I'm going to have such a major shift and I can't continue to work the way that I used to or live the way that I used to if I want to make sure that 
I can like live to see all the achievements and stuff that I want to. So it's, it was a battle of me trying to live that new way, also create this TED talk, and then also not overwork while I was preparing for it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Work. Yes. And then when I finally got on the stage and did it, it was honestly the best moment of my life so far, not only because of how it went, but just looking into the crowd and seeing so many of my friends and family who had flown in, people who I didn't even know also just like seeing their faces and knowing that it's like they could see themselves in me and relate and feel seen. That was the most important thing to me because oftentimes when I've been in situations and to similar big scale in the past, I wanted to just put my best foot forward and look as perfect and as aspirational as I possibly could be, but that's not relatable. And at the end of the day, that's not what's gonna stick with people. But then me being 100% myself and vulnerable with what was going on in my life on a massive stage and seeing people be like, I see you, I hear you, I'm with you, that was, one of the most important and pivotal moments of my entire life. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. What an incredible story about how that came about. I love, and when you mentioned that redefinition or redefining what strength is, that hit home for me too. And I'm sure for, I can't wait till we get to listen. I have to wait till what? September <laughs> comes out next Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find it before this episode. I was like, I really want to watch it, but I, yeah. Oh, same. yeah. <laughs> You're like, same. But that's such, such an important, thing because I also had a similar point where I was just being strong for everything and it basically leads you to a point where you have just been or at least for me almost like lying to myself about what I actually felt because this is what other people right. were expected of me or wanted of me and so I think you're right like it is the strong thing to do is to say is to be you and to say that it's I'm not okay I got this diagnosis and I'm not okay. And I don't feel like I'm going to bounce back, even though you will, but I love that redefinition of it. That's beautiful. Thank you. I'm glad that you could relate as well. It sucks that you had to also get to that point, but the whole idea, of the <laughs> hey, I'm 25. I get that I haven't lived that much life, but I've been to this point. This is your warning not to get there. So hopefully people like us can prevent other young women coming up from like making that same mistake. Yes. Yes. I will keep an eye out in September. <laughs> I'm super excited to listen to that or to watch awesome. it. Thank you. All right, Toby, my, my last question for you is what advice would you give to young women who would love to build a career and a personal brand that you have right now? I would say to really think about, and I'm going to speak like directly to a woman, what you want for yourself and no two careers are the same. So I would say the first step is to really find people who you admire, who not because you want to replicate their career, but because you see yourselves in them or they're working in a space where you really envision yourself being. And I would say to limit those mentors to five max. And that was one of the pieces of advice from one of my good friends, Buku, who I met when I first started interning at Adidas. And I've kept that with me throughout my entire career. And that five can shift. And that doesn't mean that those people are 
no longer a part of your life. It just means that you've recoded their relationship with you when it comes to your professional career. So when you have that list of five people, use them all for different aspects. Like use one when it comes to internships, use one when it comes to moving around within a company or switching industries or how to tackle um, hard situations in the workplace like you're going to need one of those people for different things so think about your own strengths and what weaknesses that you could learn from their own experiences from and really play up those relationships for those specific factors and then when it comes to going after that career as we said at the top of this you have to go full throttle for what you want and Obviously, it makes sense to really think about what you need for your own means to live and any other factors that might be a part of your picture, like family, location, all these things are super important. But I would say to think about it really practically, but then also passionately. So the practical aspect of it is having a tracker, having some sort of mood board, or for me, it's not super glamorous, but I used Excel every time and I would call it like my job dream board. And I would say, okay, level of one to five, how much am I dying to work at this company? What do I, what role would I want at this company? What roles do they have open? Have I applied kind of tracking your progress? And then, but before going into that, thinking about what you actually want to get out of the job. And I think this can be applied both at the internship phase. And when you're going into your full-time career is don't think too much about the glamorous name of the company or the position, think about those bullet points underneath. And in that job description, are you going to be able to get the things that you need that are going to help you get that position you want long-term? That's what's most important. That's what's going to get you in the door rather than the title and the company in those early days of your career. Because once you get inside, it's about actually doing what you came there to do. So I would say to really think, about that and when check what you want from that company and what you what you want out of your role you also need to think about it personally so yes it's important to have the professional skill set but are you looking for a really hands-on manager are you looking for leadership opportunities are you looking for mentorship are you looking to become a mentor like these different things are also really important because if you're not getting fulfilled in these different areas then it doesn't matter what glamorous glitzy title that you have or what company or what person that you're working for. So I would say to think about those when you're going after your dream career. And then I would also say, this is hard, but don't let what your friends are doing deter you from what you Ooh, want that's to that's a do. hard one. <laughs> <laughs> it is really hard. Yeah. And I've seen it's happened. It's happened to all of us. But at the end of the day, it's your career. It's not your friends. And is on their own path. And the minute you go down that comparison train, like you're never going to be happy. So focus on yourself, your own skill set, what you want to do. And if becoming a CMO of a luxury fashion house is what you want to do, then you're going to sacrifice, not sacrifice, but maybe you're going to work for an advertising agency that's not paying as much as like a JP Morgan <laughs> an investment baking but it's that's that sacrifice you need to make because you know you're going to pay your dues and you're going to get to where you want to be at the end and no career paths are linear it could be that you could jump from industry to industry company to company we're all different but I would say that you just really need to be super intentional about what you want from the start and then when it comes to your personal brand 
you don't have to have that one-liner right off the bat. Take some time to study yourself, what you're interested in. Those two questions that we said at the beginning of who am I doing this for and where do I want to do it? And as you're in those different stages of your life and you're noticing yourself fill, filling these spaces in a meaningful way, then you're going to be able to answer that question. And then you're going to be able to have that mission statement that's going to allow you to open the doors that you want as you move on. But I would say not to put too much pressure on yourself. It's going to take some time to figure out what you want to do. It's going to take some experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. And yeah, just give yourself patience to figure it out and make sure that it's unique and personal to you. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to resonate. And copying someone else's career, someone else already has that and someone else already has that brand. And if they're doing it well already, there's no use in you trying to replicate what they're doing. So it's corny, but just be yourself. And put that first. And also I think figuring out who you are is the hardest part of all of that and what you want. That's where like the most time needs to be spent. But I loved how you said, and I always try to say this too, it's not the company like the glam, and that's where we get in the comparison game of, oh my gosh, when so I was working for this person or got to meet this person, like it, that must be so much cooler than what I'm doing. But yeah, getting out of that comparison game, prioritizing what you want, and then thinking in the long term of, am I actually going to get what I need to get where I want to go? Um, exactly. I think that's all incredible advice. So thank you. Of course. No, I'm super happy to. All right. Well, thank you, Toby. This, we barely, I feel like even touched on everything that we could have, <laughs> but you shared so much great advice. So thank you for coming on. Where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Of course. And thank you so much for having me. It was so great to get to talk through all of this. And I hope it was helpful for everyone. The main place you can find me for everything Toby is tobybelay.com. But in terms of that website I mentioned earlier, where you can find everything pop culture related, it's girlwithpurplegucci's.com. And on both, you can find links to the weekly vacay podcast. We drop episodes every month and we'll have a new one dropping towards the end of this month. And you will also be able to find my TEDx slash TED toggle when it drops on all those platforms as well. And then across all social media, it's at Princess Toby G. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> Beautiful. Thank you again, Toby. Thank you, Natalie. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing. It's called Sky Society Women in Marketing, and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career. And I'll see you in the next episode.